And welcome back to another episode of My Boyfriend's Record Collection. My name's Amanda. And I'm Jason. And this is a podcast where we talk about relationships, music, and our relationship with music. Every week we pick out a random album from My Boyfriend's Record Collection and discuss the album, the vinyl, the critical reception, and how it makes us feel. What album are we talking about today, Jason? Today we are doing part two on our uh, on our little two-part The Ocean series. This is Anthropocentric. Last last time I was about to say last week, but it's definitely been more than a week since yeah, our last episode. Sorry about that, folks. Uh, <laughs> uh, we'll get into that in the news corner. Yeah. <laughs> last time we did heliocentric, and now to round out this nice uh, double album, we are doing its companion, anthropocentric. Ooh. Before we get into the album, uh, what do we got going on in the my boyfriend's news corner, Jason? Well, I think. Uh, we've kind of got the same thing going on. We went to a festival yeah! uh, this past weekend, which is why the episode's late. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> Hell in the Harbor really kicked yes. both of our asses. Uh, mine in particular. Jason sort of uh, literally, <laughs> yeah. he did get in the mosh pit. Oh, I yeah. did not get in the mosh pit. I am baby. <laughs> yeah, for reference. Uh, so, you know, we're, we're here in South Carolina. We went up to Baltimore for the Hell in the Harbor festival. That was headlined by uh, uh, cattle, uh, geez, Cannibal Corpse, uh, Dying Fetus, High on Fire, and Napalm Death. It was incredible. It, it was, was very good. Oh, my God. A nice two-day festival in the middle of downtown Baltimore in the Inner Harbor. Shockingly accessible for disabled yeah. people, too. Like, I don't know if I've talked about this a lot on the podcast. Um, most of the listeners know us, so they know. But, you know, if you don't know, I have really severe rheumatoid arthritis. Mm. And I actually didn't have that hard of a time at the festival. I was in a lot of pain, but we had my pain meds. Yeah. It was nice. I think it was helped by it being, like, a small festival Definitely. it wasn't like a massive overblown thing with like five stages and shit like that it was definitely so yeah the way they had it set up right it was at um baltimore soundstage which is right in downtown baltimore in the inner harbor uh there's like a little street uh right in front of the soundstage like in between two of the main connecting streets there or I guess it is a connecting street. It's connecting two main streets in Baltimore. Yeah, yeah. Right. And then, uh, so they just shut down that whole little strip in front of the bar. So they had one outdoor stage and then one stage inside of Baltimore Soundstage. So you had the bigger bands playing outside. Yep. And then the smaller bands playing inside. But it was like right outside of the bar. Yes, it was... So- the perfect setup and it actually worked out that like pretty much all the bands that we wanted to see were kind of spaced out well nobody we really wanted to see with like maybe one or two exceptions um, was too overlapped and it worked out perfectly because it seemed like about every other um performance we'd be inside and then we'd be outside and one thing this um festival did very right was there was tons (coughs) of ada seating and non-ada seating and um, ADA stands for Americans with Disabilities Act so it's just like reasonable accommodations if you're gonna have an outdoor music festival you should have some place for the cripples to sit yeah well and also like I was just impressed with how much seating there was in general yes they did a really good job with that especially in the shady areas yeah we never had a they had like plenty of tables and stuff set up too so like 
when it was time for us to like get lunch or dinner there because of course we were we were there for like 10 hours a day so we're, yep. we're, we're eating meals yeah there. the food was shockingly good too yeah. there's this peruvian place yeah. uh, jason got some really incredible looking chicken and macaroni and cheese yeah, it was good. and i got they had fried plantains yeah and fried plantains are one of my favorite foods on this entire planet someday i would love to just eat plantains around the south american continent mm-hmm. um but peruvian i think is my favorite so far and they were so kind they were definitely giving me bigger portions yeah. of it than they were supposed to and even then <laughs> like there was a there was a really good taco place that was like right outside oh, of the festival just right down the street yes i got to have this amazing um mushroom and cactus taco yeah. i've always wanted to try cactus um it's a little bland yeah doesn't really taste like much you nope. might you might be surprised to find out yeah yeah <laughs> um just it's basically just tropical zucchini my dudes <laughs> yeah. uh but yeah like it, i was just impressed with how like we never had an issue trying to find like a table or a place never. to sit down to like eat or just relax and the crowd um, was so friendly yeah the crowd was great I, I maintain. I love crowds at metal festivals. Right? I feel like 98% of metalheads yeah. are like pretty solid people. They're pretty mm. pretty based. Um, yeah. Two of the bands, specifically Escuela Grind and Napalm Death that yeah. we heard, um, shouted out the LGBTQ plus community right. and marginalized groups like POC yeah. people, especially black and indigenous people of color. And, and Napalm Death, uh, they've been, like people who know Napalm Death know that they've been very based on this type of stuff for like 35 years. Oh no, it's longer than that because it's like the 80s. So it's yeah. almost like 30, like 38 years almost. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, they've been a band for a long time, and uh, they've always been incredibly like left, uh, an incredibly left leaning band. Like I think he said that the song, I can't even remember what song it was, but the the song that he was introducing with that like speech was originally written about like uh, uh like uh, Mexican immigrants. Yes. And stuff yes. Cause, because the whole idea was like no human being is illegal. Yes. And right now they're trying to like outlaw being trans essentially. Yeah, no. And so he's he's he was talking about how how bullshit that was. Exactly. So that was really cool. No human being is illegal. We also picked up some really amazing vinyl. Yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. so excited. I really hope we pull the cloak one soon. Yeah, so I've got I got the new cloak album uh from the festival uh which I think released like the day before. And we were <laughs> we listening it. to it on the drive. Right. Like, they did a really good job. Because, yeah. like, usually you can't get, like, an album that new pressed on vinyl. Because there's, like, pre-orders. Yeah. I mean, not always. But with yeah. a smaller band like Cloak, I think they have, like, 12,000 monthly listeners on Spotify. Yeah. I was impressed that it was there. There is this weird thing I've noticed where I don't know if it's because metal albums are usually completed so long before they get released. But, like, oh, yeah. there doesn't ever seem to be an issue getting like a new metal album on vinyl or getting it pre-ordered and having it come like the day it releases or even sometimes even a week before it releases whereas like i feel like with like pop and hip-hop vinyl a lot of the times that isn't getting released on vinyl for like a year yeah you know what i mean i Uh, guess that's what i'm used to yeah it took me over a year to get the most recent brockhampton album on vinyl i just got uh, Backwash's album from last year on yes, vinyl. which also, incredible yeah. album. Please go listen to Backwash. Uh, what's the name of the album? Uh, His Happiness Shall Come First Even Though We Are Suffering. That's it. Yeah. I can't believe you <laughs> didn't remember that. It's such a catchy title. I know. You know, it's just so <laughs> short and snappy. Um, but going back to Hell in the Harbor, oh, yeah, I yeah, really yeah. only had like two complaints from like a disability standpoint. Mm-hmm. Um, the first one was they said online they would have water stations yeah. and you could bring in your own empty bottle or cup or whatever to fill up. Um, and uh, somebody at the bar fucked up and told me, oh, yeah, they decided not to because we're selling water. Right. And I'm like, 
my sweet baby, you were not supposed to say that out loud. <laughs> yeah, we spent so much money on so water. This is where, like, I'm not sure 21-year-olds should be bartenders. No. <laughs> Jason was incredible, though, because um, I'm on multiple medications that make it very da- dangerous for me to get dehydrated. And, like, you were, like, clockwork. Like, every two, three yeah. hours, you just, like, re- disappear and reappear with a water bottle. <laughs> like, um, And my other only complaint was there was no sign language interpreters. Yeah. I get it's a metal show, and I know right. a lot of um, hard of hearing or deaf metal fans are there for, like, more of the vibe vibrations and feeling the music and feeling the energy of the crowd but i love sign language interpreters and i think that would have been amazing especially for cannibal corpses set i wonder how difficult it would have been for them to like learn all of the lyrics well no that's 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 the trick you just find an interpreter that's very into metal yeah i guess yeah (laughs) i I would love to see uh see if they're actually nailing all of the lyrics to a napalm death song <laughs> right i feel like that would shockingly be one of the easier ones like right. sanguine Cinnabog and um escuela <coughs> grind would have been a little tougher yeah but yeah we got so uh we picked up some vinyl to add to the rotation here mm-hmm. so look forward to seeing the new cloak album uh i bought the new jesus piece album yes. on vinyl a very nice like 180 gram uh red and black marble it's very nice uh, and I got not from the festival, but I also bought the new Hearst Collective album. I talked about that on the show. Yeah, on one, on one of the on one of my like new album roundup segments that I've been doing. And um, Mikey Way yeah. from uh, My Chemical Romance is on that album, right? Yeah, uh, no, uh, it, uh, uh, Frank Eero. Frank Eero, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. The man who famously hates the Eagles. Yes. Speaking of which, uh, on the off chance anyone related to My Chemical Romance is listening, to this please God, please just release that single. Please just release yes. Everybody Hates the Eagles. I love it. I need it. I'm so tired of listening to the shitty cell phone recorded version on YouTube music. Please and thank you. <laughs> yeah. But uh, so yeah, and then like as far as the bands go, we saw. A ton of bands, uh, just off the top of my head. We saw Esquela Grind, Sangua Sugabog, um, uh, Internal Bleeding. Obviously, all of those headliners I mentioned earlier. Uh, 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 Jesus Peace, um, Cloud Rat was really cool. Once uh, they got started. They yeah, were the yeah. only band that we saw that had technical right. issues for like 30 minutes. Yeah. And I felt so bad for their singer. I forget what her name is. But she's just kind of standing there. Yeah. Like in her very pretty dress and her bow, which mm-hmm. I love that in a grindcore singer. Oh, yeah. I love if you look like a cottagecore maven, but then you also just like squeal like right. death metal sounds, you know? Uh, so, that, I mean, they were really good once they got started. Um, Black Tusk put out an amazing set. Oh, my God. We were right up front yeah. for that. That was so much fun. Uh, we obviously, Cloak, obviously, mm-hmm. I mentioned Cloak a couple of times. Yep. Uh, we, when, what was funny about that? was cloak so before the festival there were certain bands that i like didn't even listen to uh because i was like i don't want this to like cause a scheduling conflict right you know what I mean? right well because we looked at the schedule and went oh this is great so like i looked at you know i looked at the poster right and i saw cloak on there and with the name and the way their logo is i just assumed they were like a folk metal like in Alluviate or an Essen and Severium, however you pronounce it. Right, that like word. stuff that like I listen to, but isn't your favorite subgenre. Right. You know, stuff that like is is cool to see live, but if they're playing at the same time as someone I I want to see, then you know I don't really care. But uh, we decided that that new album came out like that day, and we decided to listen to it on the way into the festival, and it's 
so absolutely my shit. Oh like, my god, it's so good. It's just good. like super sludgy death doom stuff. And, it's uh, like a surprisingly fresh sound too for how much yeah. like death and doom metal we listen to. Right. Also, the lead singer, uh, people that are attracted to men listening <laughs> to the podcast, my goodness, you were in for a treat. Right. Um, he's very much this generation's uh, Peter Steele yeah. from, uh, what was that, Typo Negative? Yeah, Typo Negative. Yeah, yeah, one of the most beautiful men alive. Well, he's no longer alive. No, At the time, R- he was one R- of R.I.P. R.I.P. Um, you were so beautiful. Yes. I hope you're having a good afterlife. But the lead singer of Cloak yeah. honestly looks like him with like wavier hair. Like, cause yeah. I honestly thought, cause, um, I think we ended up, um, scooting in there, uh, like as they were starting and I was like, Oh, this looks like romantic yeah. goth shit. They had mm-hmm. like incense burning. They had yeah. like a whole like kind of like depth to the stage right. um, with just a bunch of banners and stuff that looked really cool. Yeah. And then they started playing and I was like, Oh, <laughs> oh this is amazing. Yeah, Cause you were originally, that was the one band that at least started out as you in the ADA seating, and then I actually got in the crowd. Yep. And it was very easy to yeah, find you. Yeah, for the most part, we stuck together. Mm-hmm. I didn't, like, leave her in the seats and then, like, I'm going to go mush. No, <laughs> no. <laughs> have fun sitting here with, like, the two other old guys that are sitting here. <laughs> I will say, um, Todd and Scott, I believe their names were. Um, I hope y'all are having a great day. I hope yeah. you didn't flare up too bad after arthritis buddies forever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and, you know, we managed to hand out some stickers for the pod, so... If you met us at Hell in the Harbor and you're listening to this because we gave you a sticker, hey, what's going on? Uh, Hi. It was, it was, it was, you know, I hope, hope you like the podcast. I'm sorry for the way the music sounds. Yeah. <laughs> it's, I promise, like every episode, our audio quality has gotten better. <laughs> yeah. I still can't figure out. I think I, like, inside baseball stuff, uh, I think I need to, like, switch podcast hosts yeah like i think the the service i use to upload the podcast is the thing that's compressing it so much absolutely and we can just switch that yeah i just need i need to find i need to find a podcast host that allows me to upload bigger files right i'm trying to think of anything else um, uh yeah who else oh you know what we haven't talked shit about varg in a minute there were two well, assholes there oh yeah, yeah with yeah. uh his band shirts and yeah. uh shout out to the facebook group everybody they were catching so many strays in the comments yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I i just wish i was like near one of them when either a squealer grind or a napalm death was playing right just because like i don't know when when they were giving their uh their inclusion speeches like i was actively looking around in the crowd to see just to, to like gauge reactions from right people. and i by and large most people were like hell yeah we yeah. support trans kids right. you know like it was great there was part. the the dude in front of me during napalm death i like happened to glance over his shoulder and he sent the video like he took a video of uh, the dude's speech and sent it to someone and just said more like gay palm death and i can't get a read uh, right if, like, if that dude's like being homophobic or if he's like because that's the type of thing i would send to one of my friends right no it's like that is all of my gay friends make jokes <laughs> like that like we all are constantly calling each other gay yeah, or ew like, gay i don't <laughs> i don't have enough information on this dude to to gauge whether or not right it's like do you mean ew that's so gay in a south park 2008 way right. or do you mean like ew that's so gay in like a rupaul's drag race ironic right. comment way um but yeah, other than that, like we got some, we got some really great shirts. We met uh, the dudes from Inoculation. Oh my god, yeah, we were right they up were, front for them too. Yeah, oh my god, they were for so a three piece band. Yeah, they were incredible. They were absolutely like absolutely, doing the most work. Absolutely insane, um, like space themed technical death metal. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
yeah, similar to something like Rings of Saturn. Yeah. Like that type of stuff. Also just very or, um, sweet boys. Actually, no, not, not, ring, <laughs> not Rings of Saturn. They're much closer to like Blood Incantation than Rings of Saturn. Right. Pe- pe- people who know who those bands are, that, that will actually mean something. Right. Because <laughs> right, Rings exactly. of Saturn is a very different type of band. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, we, uh, we, uh, we were talking to them. I tried to get a shirt, but they didn't have one of my size. Uh, so the dude, like we stood there and talked to them for a few minutes and I gave him a yeah, sticker. Yeah, because there wasn't a line. And I gave him a sticker to the pod and uh, he gave me one of his patches. Yeah. Or, or one of the inoculation patches for free. And I was like, oh shit, man, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I forget what his name is, but if you're listening to the podcast, welcome. Hello. Yeah. You guys were incredible. Yeah, good And I'm man. just always, like we saw 100 Gex open up for My Chemical Romance yeah. and I'm always so impressed when like the smaller bands at the festival or like the opening band fucking keeps up with the quality yeah. of the headliners. And I feel like everyone really did that, but I, especially Inoculation. Yeah, Inoculation. One of my favorite things to see was... um. Like a Squale Grind is a band that not a lot of people know. Uh, I was they they were one of the ones I was very excited to go see going into it, but um, you know they put on an incredible set. Like it was one of those situations where you could tell at the beginning of the set no one really knew who they were. Yeah, but, but at everyone the, was yeah, into it. At the end of the set, they had this like massive mosh pit going and stuff. And then the next day, you love to see it. A ton of people wearing a Squalor Grind shirt yes, um, that they obviously bought the day before. Uh, my favorite is they actually have Sailor Moon merch. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> So, yeah. of course, we had to buy that shirt. Right. And, like, one thing I really loved is, like, I don't know what it is, but, like, when you're queer and or neurodivergent, you kind of just find all the queer and neurodivergent yeah. people in the room. You just kind of all just, I don't know what it is, if it's just like a pheromone thing, right. we just like find each other. But I got to talk to so many amazing people, in particular, um, Haley, a lovely young person that we met um, in the, was that the um, High on Fire mosh pit? Yes. Yeah. yeah. It, was, it was while we were waiting for High on Fire. Yeah. Because we, uh, we actually managed to get really close for High and Fire. And it wasn't even an intentional, like, oh, I need to get right up front. No, it, but we did. It was, it was only because we were looking for, because uh, because it was in the middle of the street, right? They had, like, curbs. You know, they had kind of had, like, because uh, it's it's not a car street. You can't, no, you can't drive yeah. your car down the street. No. It's a walking street. Right. Um. So there were, like, these medians that have, like, shrubbery on them right uh, i mean they fucking don't anymore after the festival no all right i'm so sorry crushed. uh whoever is in charge of the gardening in the city of baltimore <laughs> um send us your venmo i'll send you a tip i definitely killed at least one of those bushes by accident so anyway we were just looking for like an empty spot on one of those median things to sit down on and it just happened that the nearest empty spot was like right up next to the stage yep so we sat down there you know, we we were talking to people. Uh, that Haley Haley girl was really cool. We gave her a sticker. Yeah, so. <laughs> and um, she had some really great takes. Um, she deals with autism and a lot of other stuff going on. Um, with her brain and just her neurodivergencies and she brought up the point that moshing is excellent pressure therapy yeah. for herself and i'm excited i'm going to be doing a series on tiktok uh it's still adam and a moon child on what it's like to be neurodivergent and or disabled at yeah. a metal festival and it's something i want to continue because we have a lot of shows coming up this year yeah. um particularly uh death grips yeah and baby clock yeah, yeah, yeah. i'm so fucking excited i think they're probably we probably won't because we have like lawn seats for baby clock don't we no, we're general admission. It's indoors. Oh, okay. Yeah, sure. no, we can't. Like, that's why we're going to drive down there at, like, 5 in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, like, 
I mean, every every band we saw was was incredible. Yeah, all the people we talked to, absolutely no incredible. Sets. Yeah, just really, really, really good vibes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Also, we got to play Elden Ring. Oh yeah, that's right. They had for the first day. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, they had a little gaming tent set up, and one of one of the systems had Elden Ring playing on it. So I played some Elden Ring. So one of the volunteers for the festival actually <coughs> found me on TikTok, and he said, "Yeah, it's because there was like an electrical fire situation yeah. happening." And um, I'm like, "Oh shit!" And he's like, "Yeah." So we just figured we'd throw some chairs in there. More chairs is always good yeah. at outdoor festivals, as far mm-hmm. as I'm concerned. Yep. Just as long as they're not near the mosh pit, those yeah. shit'll get like destroyed. <laughs> Also, one of the most reasonably priced things there were the snowballs. Right. Yeah, we got some that 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 uh, especially because it wasn't. That was the other thing. The weather was very nice. Yeah, it, it only was got like, up to like seventy six. Yeah, something like that. But even then, like even if it's seventy six, if you're standing in direct sunlight, it does get pretty hot. Mm-hmm. So having those snowballs was real nice. Yeah, definitely. Um, we need to invest in a very nice hat for you for future mm-hmm. music festivals. Mm-hmm. Jason's poor scalp. Yeah, I got. I got, I got a little burned. Pour one out for my beautiful Irish baby. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Yeah. uh, Hell Hell in the Harbor. Great, great festival. I hope they do it again. In October. Yes. Like in the late fall. Please, God. Please, I'm begging you. (laughs) Honestly, in general, no more summer music festivals. Put them all in the fall. Yes. (laughs) Can you imagine how nice like a November music festival would be in Asheville? Like I've talked about this before. Uh, Maybe not on the show, but like. The last music festival I went to with uh, my buddy Mark was the Exit 111 Festival in Nashville. And that was in October. That was like towards the end of October. Yeah. And that was perfect. I could wear a hoodie the whole time. It never got like hot out even when the sun was out. Mm-hmm. Like on, like honestly, that is the ideal ideal situation for it because it, it definitely sucks going to a festival when it it's does. like really swelteringly hot out and everyone's like passing out and yeah it's just not good uh, not we did not time. see any of that by the way no 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 and um also anytime anyone like stumbled like because you know towards the end of the night several people were drunk people would just reach out and catch them yeah. and like i don't know it's just an experience like no other because it's like you know obviously most people that are into metal know the rule of someone falls in the mosh pit you pick them up yeah. but i saw people doing that the whole time like it wasn't a whole lot it was mostly just drunk people but right. like helping each other people that clearly didn't know each other just being kind also a lot of gays yeah El- like like i know an event is truly safe and inclusive when i see elder gays i'm not right. calling the people i saw old i just <laughs> if you're like a queer person like over 40 something and you feel comfortable at the metal festival they have done their job yep do you know what i mean oh yeah <laughs> and yeah like in general uh in general the pits weren't even like all that aggressive I no they say. really weren't i think the most aggressive one um was the uh the cannibal corpse pit really i would say the jesus peace pit oh yeah actually yeah. i forgot about jesus the people, peace. Went people fucking, were diving off people the went stage nuts for jesus peace it was great yeah and they were like the last minute uh edition too because one were. of one of the other bands i can't remember oh it was a uh, spirit adrift had had to drop out and got replaced by jesus peace and i was like Oh, fuck yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> Jesus Peace put out one of my favorite albums this year. And Spirit Adrift is, like, pretty cool, but, you know, yeah. they're not Jesus Peace. Yeah, and it was really good to see. There were a lot of, um, like, 
by POC fronted bands. Mm-hmm. Um, there was like several like femme fronted bands. And yeah. like, I think a lot of people tend to think of metal, especially like death metal and the heavier forms of like black metal, all that. Yeah. Um, they think of it as like kind of a white men's club. Yeah, for <laughs> and sure. And this festival was not that. It was amazing. Yeah, it was great. Um, I've always heard that the metal culture in Baltimore is amazing and it was just really good to like mm-hmm. experience it firsthand. Not sure cool. if I'm ready for a Boston hardcore yeah. show. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know if I would be safe in a room with one of those but you know maybe yeah. maybe one day <laughs> oh oh and uh uh misery index we saw misery index yes misery index was incredible misery index their, their pick got pretty crazy they're they're they've been one of my favorite uh death metal bands slash grindcore death grind whatever you want to call them uh since like high school and i haven't seen them probably since 2013 i think was the last time i saw them nice. they opened for cannibal corpse ironically <laughs> um so yeah, I just wanted to shout out Misery Index because they're, they're still out there and they they fucking they fucking rule. Mm-hmm. Everybody uh, was great. Yeah. Before we get into the album, mm-hmm. since it's been a while, I want to do my favorite thing, uh, which is rapid fire. Just go through some new albums that have come out. Oh my god, yes. Since the last time. So first of all, I want to get some of the more controversial ones out of the way. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on any of these, but the new Event Sevenfold album I thought was. Pretty good, surprisingly good. Not quite the uh, uh, insane, innovative, like experimental stuff that it, people seem to be saying it is. But I thought it was cool. It's basically a Mr. Bungle album. But <laughs> I love when like a band that's been around as long as Avenged Sevenfold doesn't take the easy route. Like, yeah, not trying to call out Metallica, but calling out Metallica yeah. of putting just the same album out every five years that, and yeah. pretending you're still making new music. That's the thing. I like. I the album's like pretty good, but I have a lot of respect for the just the massive swing mm-hmm. that it is. Yes, but other uh, good for them. The Proud new, of them. The new Sleep Token album. I don't get it. I'm sorry. I don't see like everyone's going nuts for this fucking album. I listened to it too. I understand. Didn't, it didn't connect for me. Yeah, it's it's like I did see. Um, uh, so famously fantano gave like a two out of ten to the new sleep token album which has gotten a lot because sleep token if you don't know sleep token is huge right now yeah they have a massive audience right now they are the new like darlings of mainstream metal and um their whole shtick their whole like gimmick is kind of combining like gent metal specifically with like pop and r&b and a little bit of like hip-hop at least in the 808s and the like kind of trap snares and hi-hats and stuff like that um but uh like i saw someone uh i saw someone doing uh it was nick nocturnal i saw nick nocturnal doing a reaction to the fantano review where fantano mentions that like yeah sleep takes all of these disparate genres and kind of puts them together but they don't really you know do anything interesting with them they're just kind of there just layered on top of each other yeah and um nick nonturno was saying like yeah but to me that's enough that's enough of it just taking these genres and combining them is enough of an innovation to be exciting and that's when it finally clicked with me that like that's the big disconnect between me and sleep token fans is like for me that's not enough. It's not no. enough to just take surface level understandings of different genres and put them on top of each other. And I kind of had this epiphany that I was like, because everyone's comparing it to Imagine Dragons, which is 
like honestly, the shade. Oh honestly, my god, is honestly a fair comparison. <laughs> it it is metal, but like what it really reminds me of after I like saw that and it clicked was um, XXX Tentacion. Yeah, I, you had that epiphany the other night while we were sitting on the yeah, couch. Because I remember uh, when XXX Tentacion was really big, uh, people would say like. Oh, he's the most versatile artist because he's like combining, you know, like he does all these different genres and yeah. And I'm like, yeah, but he doesn't do any of them particularly well. Exactly, it's the and execution for me. Yeah, and and so like that's just that's just what it, it reminded me of. XXX Tentacion fans that are like, yeah, but he's so versatile and he does does all these different genres. Like, yeah, but he only has like surface level basic versions of anyway right i spent more time on that than i wanted to it's okay um, moving on to the next thing yeah uh the new necrofire album is pretty good uh the new bongzilla album is very good uh the new frozen soul album great great death metal record uh i wish they were playing at the festival uh but they weren't but shout out frozen soul uh the new katra nada uh, amine uh collaboration album I think is really good. It's very chill, like fun rap vibes. It's very like barbecue music vibes. Yeah. I love it. The only problem with it is like none of the songs really stick. Yeah, with there's me. no big single. Yeah, like I like it while I'm listening to it and then I tend to like kind of forget about it. He needed afterwards. like a Charmander single, you know what I mean? Um the new like the the big t- the the big one this this week is the new Pupil Slicer album, <laughs> which is absolutely incredible. Yep. Um, shout out Pupil Slicer, who is also taking a pretty big swing with their new album. Because, like, the first Pupil Slicer album is a pretty straight-ahead, like, mathcore album. Mm-hmm. Like, it doesn't really stray. Like, there's some, like, oh, this is kind of a death metal riff. This is kind of like a thrashy riff. But for the most part, it <coughs> it stays in that mathcore lane, whereas this one, they add a lot of other elements they add a lot of progressive elements to it they add um a lot more like clean vocals and like kind of metal core elements to it which i think is really interesting uh there's a lot of like purity ring inspired vocals and honestly like it kind of feels a little rural internet yeah a little to bit. me just a little bit um it's the perfect album for gay wrath month yeah by the way yeah. happy gay wrath slash pride month yeah, i will be i will be making a playlist uh for for gay wrath month for that i'll be throwing all of the lgbtq like super heavy like hardcore and noise and like a squaler harsh just harsh music because I feel like this year specifically, that's what Pride Month is calling for. Mm-hmm. Not, you know, we've had enough of these uh, fake ass, uplifting, uh, self empowerment anthems. It's time to like burn some shit down. I think. Well, and like, is the lead singer of People Slicer a trans woman? Yes. Okay, that's what I thought. I just wanted to be sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, she's amazing. Oh, she's so. She's good. got an incredible voice. They've kind of layered in this purity ring like vocal right. throughout. Like it's almost like a backing vocal. Um, but it's like the perfect contrast to how harsh yeah. she normally sounds. I'm very proud of them. <laughs> uh, the new Kesha album, Gag Order, surprisingly good. Shockingly like, good. Very, especially the first half. It kind of piddles around in the second half, but uh, the first half is is actually like really, really good. Because yeah, I was a little nervous for this album because yeah. I loved her last album so much. Right. Um, like start to finish. So <coughs> I was like, I don't know. And, you know, unfortunately, this is a contractually obligated album that she's had to put out right. under Dr. Luke's uh, record label. Fuck Dr. Luke. Yep. But, you know. 
Uh, but yeah, and then I will close this section out with, uh, you know, so we can transition nicely. The Ocean put out a new record. In, they sure did. In, in the time between the last episode and this episode. And it's called. Boy, are people mad. <laughs> I don't know. I see. That's the thing. I haven't seen as many negative reactions to it as I thought I would. Gotcha. So basically the deal is, now if you remember, uh, the last Ocean album uh, in Heliocentric, we read some negative reviews where people were basically pretty upset about how many clean vocals there were on the album and how poppy it was. Well, this time around, as we mentioned on the last one, right? Uh, uh, Robin, Robin Stapp, I think is his name. The guitarist for the ocean writes all of the music. He does all of the arrangements. He does all of the producing. Like the ocean is his band more or less. Mm -hmm. Uh, but, uh, they have, they added a keyboard player during like the last two album cycles. And this, this album called hollow scene is the first album that Robin Stapp has written in collaboration with someone and it is this keyboard player and when you listen to it you can kind of tell that it was written in collaboration with a keyboard player it's a lot of synth a lot of like really atmospheric mm -hmm. like post metal like post punk vibes um but it's very good all the songs are so catchy definitely uh, like if you liked the last coheed album you're yeah. really gonna love this album uh, i do I, I think it hasn't gotten as many negative reactions as hollow scene or hollow scene as a uh, heliocentric mostly because like the ocean has had this new singer for a long time like 13 years now yeah people are over it yeah yeah because yeah. like remember if you remember heliocentric was the first album with this new singer yes so and it was quite the departure yeah so i think people have kind of acclimated to it and like the ocean has like a newer fan base that is more uh more receptive to this style of music and it, uh it's very good it's not nearly as heavy as their last two albums um, but it's incredibly interesting. It's incredibly deep and layered and atmospheric. And oh, speaking of which, one more I forgot to mention: uh, atmospheric avant-garde uh, black metal project, uh, Liturgy. Uh, what what was the name of that album? It's like it's a bunch of numbers. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> it's um named after Elon Musk's child. Nine three six nine six. I I just got around to listening to that the other day. It's a double album. Very good. Very pained. You know, uh, if you don't know, Liturgy is... I can't remember if Liturgy is a full band or if it's just this one trans woman. Gotcha. But, um, yeah. The, check out Liturgy. Very good. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah. Excellent for gay for gay wrath month. Hell yeah! So getting back to the album, <coughs> yeah, what yeah. are our genre it's tags this time? Back to the ocean. Uh, this time our genre tags from albumoftheyear.org are atmospheric sludge metal and progressive metal and post metal fun, fun so uh not not that different from the last one um i'm gonna say right off the bat i had there are no like negative reviews really that, that i could find at least for user reviews there is one that i might read a little bit of I found one negative review from angrymetalguy.com oh my god yeah and uh I, I can't wait to hear his opinion. And that's, that's he sounds a, fun. He he gave it a two point five out of five, but he's one of only two people that is contributing to the critic score right, here on right. album of the year. So the critic score is a sixty out of a hundred. Right. Um but yeah, all of the user 
all of the user reviews are overwhelmingly positive, or at least the one user review that's on here. Not an insanely popular album. You might be shocked to find, considering it's the the second part of a double album. Right. Um, but yeah, I think that wraps up our little preamble here. Dahlia, what? Uh, I'm sorry, our cat is screaming from the other room. <laughs> uh, let's just get into it. What a starting track. Yeah. Like off the bat telling you like, all right, this is going to be different than the last one. Yep. This is a, a sludgier, a heavier, more raw uh, companion to heliocentric, which actually makes me wonder uh, how the reception would have been if they released this one first. Me too. I was actually just thinking that, um, but I like that we're keeping um, the metaphysics of the hangman motif mm-hmm. throughout this song. Yeah. Um, I think the metaphysics of the hangman is kind of a reference to Christ. Yes, in absolutely. A way. Yeah. I forgot to do uh, this stuff right up top. Oh yeah. <laughs> My bad. <laughs> um, this album was released uh, November 9th, twenty ten, six months after Heliocentric. Uh, like its companion heliocentric, anthropocentric focuses on critiques of fundamentalist Christianity and creationism. It calls into question uh, the beliefs of creationists and modern fundamentalists who assert that the earth is at the center of the universe, as well as the belief that the earth is no more than 5,000 years old. The, bland, the band places focus on the concept of man and his place in the universe. Uh, the band uh, specified critiques of Christianity inspired by the questions of uh, Dost, uh, Dost, Dostoevsky, uh, Nietzsche, and Richard Dawkins. At the base of the album are three songs with the titles The Grand Inquisitor, the Grand Inquisitor 1, 2, and 3. These songs have been inspired by the chapter of the same title in... Oh my god. <laughs> Forder Dostoevsky's uh, novel The Brothers Kar- uh, Kar- Karamazov. Karamazov, the brothers Karamazov, a conversation between brothers Ivan and an atheist, uh, uh, and an atheist and 
Aliska, <laughs> a monk, uh, Ivan tells Aliska the story of the second coming of Christ in the 16th century Sevilla. Uh, according to this parable, Jesus is arrested by the Catholic Inquisition. The Grand Inquisitor who interrogates Jesus casts a new light on the legend of the temptation of Christ. He approaches Jesus with having betrayed humanity and having deprived man of salvation by offering him freedom. The conversation between Ivan and, and Aleshka uh, mirrors, to some degree, the conversations between the Grand Inquisitor and Christ and raises more questions than it answers. Wow. Yeah, so that's the entire... I just read off the entire theme section of the Wikipedia article. <laughs> um, <coughs> interestingly enough, a weird callback to our JPEG Mafia episode, uh, Ben Carson believes that the Earth is more than, no more than 5,000 years old. <laughs> I mean, Ben Carson doesn't have two brain cells yeah. to br- rub together at this <laughs> point. Like, R.I.P. <laughs> yeah. So, anyway, that's that's the theme of this album. We're basically continuing, you know, continuing the 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 Christianity, fundamentalist Christianity critiques that they're diving into on this album. Uh, and, yeah, they start out strong. With as the symbols of the metaphysics of the hangman are taking off the walls of our living rooms. Humanity emancipates Christ. Which, like, honestly, I don't know. I've always thought that was strange since I was a little kid. Like, why do we just have, like, effigies of him dead everywhere? Right. And actually, like, my mom, lovely Christian woman, actually, like, a good Christian. Uh, all our depictions of Jesus are, like, him yeah. praying or him smiling. And right. I, I prefer that so much more. I'm so glad that's what I grew up with. <laughs> versus just dead guys on every corner all the time so this this first song as i'm like reading the lyrics to it uh the song is called anthropocentric i don't know if i said that um it kind of seems to be imagining a world in which like uh we we leave christianity entirely in in the uh in the rear view here because like uh where was that lyric i was just reading uh huh anyway the oh this one's good yeah the 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 when the widows of the skeptical have passed away before they ever could retaliate and those who baptize the world with the sword have long been buried and have not arisen from their graves the guardians of righteousness have lost their immaculate the rise of the enlightenment has defeat has defeated christianity nice yeah is it which one were you gonna read i was looking at um the that even in these days days and age some people still believe that earth is at the center of god's own universe and that man Mm -hmm. was made on the seventh day that evolution is a myth and the even the bones of ancient creatures are no longer evidence um and that just made me giggle because like ben carson when he's been asked directly before about where did dinosaur bones come from he's like god just likes to mess with us sometimes (laughs) and i'm like you pedantic little twat I don't yeah. know if that's the word I'm looking for, but it feels right. Yeah, the, the the song even brings up, like, its legacy of fear and submissiveness prevails in many brave man's heart and soul, the saddening conception that humanity cannot choose its own destiny. Yep. Yeah. Re- Impactful. Real... Oh, yeah. Folks like... with religious trauma, this album is for you, babe. Yeah. It's for us. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, like, musically... It just, it just starts off really, really strong, really sludgy, really heavy. You know, it's what you like to hear. Although I will mm. say, um, and this will kind of prevail throughout the album, nothing on this album really sticks in my memory 
as much as the stuff on Heliocentric does. Yeah. Because Heliocentric, everything's so different on that album. There are moments where it's almost more like poetry. Yes. Especially in like Ptolemy was wrong. Mm -hmm. Um, And this is a much more straightforward album. Yeah, very much so. Yeah. I like them both. But um, I think think Heliocentric's my favorite of the two so far. But let's get into some more tracks. We got, what's track two? The Grand Inquisitor 1. Uh, Karamazov, uh, baseness. God, that's a coheed ass song title. Uh, I, I'm, I'm having so much trouble with the pronunciations of this fucking German bullshit. <laughs> I, I believe that's Russian, and whatever. I think that's okay because you're a red blooded American. You yeah, shouldn't know whatever. how to pr- pronounce Russian names. What's the fucking difference? <laughs> Once you can pronounce a Russian name, Putin wins. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, let's let's do it. got a we got a random high on fire song right right on the second track here oh man can we skip to the chorus because the chorus is very good well it's not really a chorus which which it's like part? a repeated refrain that is it an unworthy uh, uncaring father is still hold on hold on let me get back to the lyrics here all right what uh which part um down uh oh no it won't let me oh no title you know what that's okay um, <laughs> the part that like really struck me in the song is an unworthy uncaring father still entitled to the love and respect of his sons you are trying to save me but perhaps i am not lost and then Mm -hmm. it kind of repeats that refrain and that's very powerful to me um let's see is that like towards the hold on is it this part maybe or do i pass it i know this song has a pretty long outro yeah Oh, wait, wait, wait. There we go.
so that's the part of the song that always gets me um because um because i work with a lot of people and i do work with a lot of lovely christian people <coughs> that like because they love me so much and i don't believe the way they believe mm-hmm. they want to save me right. they're constantly wanting to save my immortal soul and i'm like i'm not fucking lost i am yeah. happy for the first time in my fucking life yeah. like and a lot of it is because i've shed a lot of that religion and a lot of that religious guilt mm-hmm. and i'm not constantly anxious like when i was a kid I was convinced hell was going to open up and suck me up any second. Because that's like what they made it fucking sound like. Right. And that particular outro actually sounds like a contemporary Christian band called uh, Three Days Grace, I believe. Well. Or no, that's not a Christian band. I was about to say, that's a different band. It's like Third Day or something. Yeah. Yeah, Third Day. Oh, I shit, Um, I don't fucking know. Yeah, it's just one of those bullshit low effort. They're just in it for the money bands. Um. But, like, for me, I love that it's kind of that callback because it would be about this era, too. Like, the shit that was playing on his radio sounded a lot right. like that outro, just regurgitated and garbled and gross. And I wonder if that was an intentional choice. What's funny is, to me, that... Oh, let, let me let me see if I can pull it up, like, really fast here. To me, it almost sounds like the outro to a um, specific Coheed and Cambria song uh, from No World for Tomorrow... I believe it's the end complete part three colon the end complete. Yes. <laughs> uh, let me play this. We're going to get yeah, you're right. It, it, that this is what it reminds me of. Anyway, it's a good song. Yeah, definitely. Um, but yeah, very... Um, I think the lyrics from that song are all directly from um, Karamazov's book. Yeah. Um, but, like, just reworded, obviously. Right. Um, but, yeah. And they, they do that a lot. Like, on, uh, on Pelagial, all of the lyrics were originally just the... Um, I can't remember what movie it was, but all of the lyrics were originally just the dialogue from this one movie. Oh my god! Uh, but they they were told they weren't allowed to do that for copyright reasons. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you know. Um, but yeah, no, I I love, uh, I love this song. Like, I mean, I said it at the beginning, but uh, it just starts off with that real, real heavy, like high on fire, like. It's super sludgy mastodon type of riff right and i love how it ends so softly and because it's almost kind of yeah. heartbreaking because it's like i mean that is my plea to these fucking people that are like you're gonna go to hell you're gonna burn in hell i don't fucking care i don't want to go where you're going yeah. it also blends so perfectly with the first track the uh, like for the longest time i didn't realize like where the grand inquisitor started mm-hmm. like i thought that that super sludgy riff was part of the first track yeah because they do kind of like, um, I thought that was like the outro of anthropocentric yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> they do love that yeah. on the ocean as a band uh they love when all their songs kind of blend together i mean mm-hmm. they're meant to be listened to as an album yes and to be clear like i also love that to me because i love listening to albums all the way through as like almost a cinematic experience right you know? it's so good yeah so next up we've got she was the universe yeah fucking the used ass song title right here oh no it's worse than that but i'll get into it after oh. you listen to it let's go
Oh yeah. This song to me kind of sounds like what would happen if uh, Tool wrote like a metalcore song. A little bit, yeah. So um, the reason I said it's not like a Fallout Boy ass title is because it's a Lord Byron ass title. That's Ooh. right, Lord Byron, the bitch that bet Mary Shelley. She couldn't write a better poem than like prose than he could for yeah. one stormy night, and then she invented <laughs> science fiction. Nice. Yeah, he also fucked his half sister. Yeah, oh, you yeah. know, Lord well, Byron was a complicated figure. To be fair, I still stand by what I said. That still sounds like something the used would <laughs> write a song about. Oh, you think the used and like Fallout Boy, like Patrick Stump back in the day, wasn't reading through like Lord Byron's old love letters to oh, try exactly. to get absurdist song titles? Yeah, you know, absolutely. <laughs> That's like the hack. If you're any kind of goth, you just steal from Lord Byron. Right. Like, because I mean, it's okay, because he's a privileged, wealthy nobleman who's very, very dead. I mean, really, you just read any poem from, like, 1859, and uh, there you go. There, there's your there's your song lyrics yeah. right there. Yeah, yep. You know, and every every 15-year-old is going to be like, this is this speaks to me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Um, but, yeah, uh, I don't know. I, I love that. I love the, like, kind of, it's almost, like, kind of a southern metalcore like main riff there yeah it's very it's a very mastodony riff i mean it's almost a maylene and the sons of disaster type riff i do not know who that is i mean most people don't they broke up a long time ago (laughs) you wouldn't uh, know they're like really like out there they're they're back though hold on let me let me pull up a maylene song real quick uh yeah maylene and the sons of disaster so this is this is maylene it's very fun, very fun, like, southern metal. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I can see it. That's probably not... Oh, let me put this one on. Yeah, there we go. Oh, that's very fun. Right. Anyway, it's not quite the same, but it, it, it like reminds me of yeah. that of that like style of riff with the little slide in it and all that type of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the catchier songs on the album, I would say. Yep. Uh, she was the universe. Definitely, definitely. Um, but yeah, I guess we'll just move on to one of uh, one of the more like kind of interlude tracks mm-hmm. uh, for "He That Wavereth."
Uh, I almost played the whole thing. It's only two minutes long. But like, wow, the yeah. lyrics on this one really like hit hard. Yeah. Like, cause it's about like being just kind of lost as a human being floating mm-hmm. in this nebulous ocean and you're trying to swim to the shore cause maybe somebody's there, but no matter what you do, it's never going to be perfect enough. You will drown. Yeah. What's well, it? Uh, so you have the genius lyrics pulled up. Is this like big paragraph of quotation on the lyrics and genius? No. So on title, uh, I was listening for this, but it doesn't seem to be in the actual song. There's this big like quote before the lyrics start. I don't know what this quote's from. It's probably from uh, that Kamarov book. Uh, Kamarov, whatever. Karmazov. Uh, They will cry aloud at last that the truth is not within thee, for they could not have been left in greater confusion and suffering than thou hast caused, laying upon them so many cares and unanswerable problems, so that in truth thou didst myself lay the foundation for the destruction of thy kingdom, and no one is more to blame for it nice yeah i mean i don't know it's uh, i'm not sure why it's just like kind of before the lyrics right yeah because it's nowhere on genius yeah i was like is this like a spoken word thing that's like really deep like really deep in the mix and i just didn't pick up on it (coughs) that's completely possible but um anyway i like this as an interlude this is kind of like you know you had all those or not all of those you had like those two slower songs Mm -hmm. uh, on heliocenter you had uh you know, Ptolemy was wrong and whatever the other one was called. Um, <laughs> um, and in place of those, there's no like big piano ballads on this album. You have these interludes that are still a little bit more guitar focused and much, much shorter. They're not full songs. Right. So they don't really take up uh, as much of the album space. Um, but this one is another one that uh, kind of sounds like Tool to me. Yeah. Specifically, I'm not going to... I've been playing random other stuff too much in this episode, so I'm not going to search for it and play it this time. But it specifically reminds me of the outro to Wings for Marie Part 2. Yes. There's a, yes. There's a specific like vocal melody he hits in that song that reminds me a lot of this. Uh, obviously, Loa Crosetti's voice is a little bit more gruff, a little bit more like gravelly. Yeah, because than... like, Trent Reznor has a shockingly soft uh, voice. Uh, Maynard. Maynard. Ma- yeah, Trent yeah. Reznor's Nine Inch Nails. Yeah. I get those mixed up a lot. I'm so sorry. This is so embarrassing. You know what? Um, We're looking for a new co-host to the podcast. Um, The problem is Jason also does have to be your boyfriend. Yes. But if we can make that work out. (laughs) We we are monogamous. We don't judge other people, but we... I don't have the bandwidth for that. I admire people that do and can do it healthily. Shout out to my poly friends. Love (laughs) y'all. Seems annoying. Seems like a lot. Yeah, it seems like a lot of work. Yeah, like good for y'all, but like... Could, yeah. my brain it's she she's not built for much let's be so, real sorry sorry man i can't be poly i have a job we're <laughs> <laughs> not implying that all people that are poly don't have jobs we just do you have 27 hours in your day i have questions anyway <laughs> <laughs> anyway um, moving on to the grand inquisitor 2 roots and locusts yeah. Ooh. oh wait let me turn the volume back up I almost went through an entire episode without doing that. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> 
we've got that uh, we got that refrain coming back in. The, yes. You know, you you cannot save me, for I am not lost. Or yeah, you're trying to save me, but perhaps I am not lost. Also, like this one hits me so hard every time I listen to it. Um, <laughs> and uh, it just it really hits home for me because again, going back to the people that are constantly like worried that Jesus isn't going to save me because I don't believe the way they do. And I'm just going to go to hell. And it's like, it's not your love that I do not accept. Right. It is this world of gods created by God that I cannot agree to accept. Like I just, I really struggle with that. I mean, like personally in my own body, like I've had a lot of trauma over my life and now I've got like this autoimmune disease and it's just a bunch of bullshit. And it's like, how can like a just God exist? And also how can a just God exist when there are people in developing nations and countries that don't have access to the kind of medications that I'm on and they're suffering infinitely more than I am. They're not in air conditioning. They're not getting infusions. And I just think about those people a lot. And I think about people right here in America that also don't have access to the infusion. And it's just like, Mm -hmm. how is any of that? How could this be love? Right. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And it's not that I'm rejecting the love of the people that are trying to evangelize to me because I know it comes from a very heartfelt place and a true deep love. And that's not what I'm rejecting. Yeah. You know? And th- this is another song that uh, comes in with like very heavy metalcore influences, I, I feel like. Especially that riff during the, um, the verses has a very like. Uh, 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 I don't know, like a kill switch engage yeah. feel to it, yeah. Or um, maybe not kill switch engage. It's a, it's almost more like, like like a like a Dillinger escape plan style riff where it's, it's definitely it's like really high up on the neck and kind of fast yeah a lot of this honestly is very dillinger i guess my brain doesn't automatically go there because when i think dillinger i hear the vocal first yeah that's fair <laughs> i mean most folks do i'm sure and also like the defining the defining like characteristic of dillinger is how insane and all over the place their music is and this isn't really that no um, it's, this is it's much a more little organized. bit of the flavor that they sometimes yeah, have yeah, yeah. you know there's a there's just a little flash of a riff there and i'm like hey that kind of sounds like a dillinger riff right i also love the line <coughs> in this like i too lived on roots and lo- locusts yes. i too prized the freedom which thou has blessed us but i woke up and i would not serve madness mm-hmm. honestly that last part um over well, it's referring to like john the baptist and living in the right. wilderness eating locusts and roots and midnight but um that last one i would not serve madness really feels like a bloodborne riff <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> this whole song if you look at it through that lens it's like oh yeah Oh, <laughs> which if you know anything about Bloodborne, there is a church involved. They're heretical. Yes. They're controlling and ruining people's lives. You know, that yeah. never happens in real life. No, 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 no. Of course not. Of course not. <laughs> but yeah, no, I love this track. Um, It's very different. Yeah. It's very different it than very like different. anything on the album and a lot of other stuff that the ocean's done. For sure. Mm-hmm. Well, we are halfway through. We are. So album. let's talk about the vinyl. Let's do it. Much like uh, the last album, we have this rotating plastic thing mm-hmm. on the front, except this time uh, you see the sun and the planets rotating around the earth, and there's a silhouette of a person on the earth, so it's like, you know, the Humans. everything's rotating around us. Yep. Some people still think this. Ben yeah. Carson probably thinks yeah. this is an actual map of the universe. Yeah. Uh, the The actual, like, cover itself is much more... Like it kind of has that um, 
like that 2012 like galaxy print that was on everything yep i was a galaxy print girly yeah, it has i was a little super bit of into it uh you know versus the like more kind of black and gray mm-hmm. of heliocentric when you open up the gatefold get this really nice oh those are beautiful yeah. i believe that's um sagittarius and aquarius yes yeah yes. It's um like two very lovely golden illustrations yeah. of like a classically styled like kind of Roman um uh sculpture type. Right. Very nice. And then the album itself, you know, comes it comes in these nice printed sleeves of the Galaxy Print. And now that you've said it, I can't unsee it and it kind of looks like I mean it's a very nice quality, but it's giving like fifth grade report yeah. folder you know <laughs> like it's not that at all yeah. it's just because like i've seen my you know yeah. i work with a lot of children at work with being a hairdresser and a lot of them have galaxy print folders uh, th- this is what every <coughs> this is what every cell phone case looked like in 2012 <coughs> and most hoodies <laughs> yeah hoodies leggings galaxy print leggings were very big at the time oh i had like five pairs yeah yeah um and then the albums themselves are standard black <laughs> they're What's not the weight uh, standard yeah i think so gotcha I, c- I could probably look it up i probably should have but oh the etching on that yeah, is just beautiful though especially so, like as the sun's coming in through the window and it's at the, like the perfect angle yeah so on the last one you had an etching of like the zodiac on this one it's constellations it's yes. a star map yep uh so the last one i believe on um heliocentric it was more of a traditional like (coughs) the constellations being drawn out in like a very classical art style yes but this is much more of a like standard like a regular star map you might see in a planetarium definitely on the labels yeah oh that's gorgeous Yeah. yeah um yeah we don't have because i already talked about the box and everything last episode Mm -hmm. and there's no like special extra goodies for this one except what is this oh it's just a little nice little insert with yeah. a beautifully done star map actually yeah actually i wouldn't mind framing that yeah very nice star map yeah got some got some lyrics on it yeah lyrics on the back very nice like, i kind of think one of the things i want to do in our little recording corner over here is i want to start to replace some of the art in here with mostly music centric art you know and yeah. things from vinyl that we have yeah so we can have some of it on the wall <laughs> But uh, so yeah, that's that's the record. Yep. Um, not significantly different from heliocentric. No. Uh, let's move on to the Grand Inquisitor Part Three. Uh, I can't read the whole title here. A tiny grain of faith. Yes, a tiny grain of faith.
we got another we got another interlude here. This one this one much more like synth heavy. Who's the vocalist on this? It is uh, a woman named uh, Sheila Sheila Guinado. Hell um, yeah, Sheila Guinado. That was haunting and beautiful. Yeah, very good. But she doesn't have. I don't see a link. I wonder if that's just like one of their friends. Yeah, that's the thing. They're like, I, hey, do you want to just do vocals on an interview? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that happens a lot with like the bands we listen to, right. no matter how big or small. Yeah, she was just hanging around the studio. Yeah. Um. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's actually somebody's like aunt or wife or girlfriend yeah. or something. But she did great. I loved it. Yeah. Um, this is another one that's directly from the Karamazov um, brothers or the brothers Kar- Karamazov. Um, you know, I think the devil does not exist and has therefore been created by man. Then man mm. has created him in his own likeness and image, which is kind of funny because that's actually completely true. Yeah. Like our current understanding of what the devil is in our society is vastly different than what Satan would have been mm-hmm. in like 33 AD. Oh yeah. You know? Yeah. And it's kind of funny because people think it's irrefutable and the devil's going to get you. And I'm like, I mean, okay. Yeah. Like, like, ma'am, I don't know if you noticed, but he already got my joints. Right. So what else is there to be scared of? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I think, I, you know, it's, it's a nice little interlude to kind Very of nice. break, I love, up, break up the album right in the middle there. I love how different all the interludes are on yes. Ocean albums. Like, they always keep it fresh. And I think that's why it's such a fun listening experience. Because they do kind of flow from one to the next. But they're very good at kind of, like demarking like this is the first act this is the second act and this is like the third act you know what i mean yeah yeah absolutely uh so yeah not a lot to say yeah about this interlude if you like this interlude you'll love their new album yes oh my god <laughs> very very like <laughs> very foreshadowing where they would go as a band here mm-hmm. um but yeah let's just move on to uh possibly the most like metal title yeah. on, on here <laughs> Sewers of the Soul. Name of my new grindcore band. Yeah. <laughs> Right back into it. 
Yeah, that's one of, the, one of the heavier tracks on the album. I would and say, and that's kind of what their like first couple albums sounded like, right? A little bit, ne- like, definitely. Like the guitar solo mm-hmm. that's in there is definitely like a departure right. for their style. Like I was about to say, like that, like that's also another like kind of high on fire style of thing. Definitely, you know what I mean? Like definitely. that's definitely a high on fire solo right there. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. Very, very, very good, very good solo, very good sludgy ass song. You know, definitely one of the heavier songs on the album, and yeah, it would be much closer to their uh, to their older stuff if it didn't have that kind of like southern stoner metal type yeah, of solo. Yeah, it's got there. that twang. Yeah, it does have a little bit of twang mm-hmm, to it. Mm-hmm. Um, one of my faves mm-hmm, from from sure. the album, I would say. Yeah, definitely. Uh, it's it's short. It's punchy. It's only three minutes and forty three seconds. Very respectful uh, of our time. This yeah, album, it, it is the it is the only main song, not counting the interludes. It's the only main song that's less than five minutes long. That is wild. Yeah, right. And the longest song on the album is nine minutes, and it's the title track. Yeah, it's, the first it's, track. Yep the first the first track is the that's that's part of why uh, I kept thinking that the first Grand Inquisitor song was like part of it, because, right? Because it is so long. Maybe maybe that's actually true. Maybe that's like a fourteen minute song. Yeah, they, <laughs> they just decided to split into two. Yeah. I mean, they are known for doing that. Famously, um, uh, Pelagial, the album after this, was written and conceived as one song. Right. It was supposed right. to be one long instrumental. Gotcha. And then uh, they added vocals and chopped it up into gotcha. individual songs. Which is why, like, on that album, you'll notice, uh, if we eventually do it on here, you'll notice, like, some of the stops and starts for tracks are like jarring almost because they're like they were never meant to be separated yeah exactly Mm -hmm. they were just trying to find what would be the natural like stop and start points for these songs i'm kind of surprised they didn't just do it because i'm like at this point you're already one of the weirdest prog metal bands out there boys you might as well just commit yeah i mean you know, join the ranks of bands like Sleep and uh, uh, Bell Witch. Yep. You know, oh, love me some Bell Witch. Oh yeah, their their new album is very good. Yeah, check out the new Bell Witch album. Uh, uh, pretend it, we said that at the beginning when we were talking it's, it's about an, that. It's an hour and a half long. <laughs> um, it is a single song. It is one single track. Very droney. Uh, yep. I yep. Listen, I listened to it when I took a nap the other day. It was very nice. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> It's like it's like the white noise of metal, but um. That's a really good way to put yeah. it. But uh, moving on to Willstum Untergang. Willstum Untergang. Willstum Untergang. That was actually a very good German accent. That was kind of yes. scary for me. Yeah, that was very good. <laughs> you're you're like your sleeper cell activation for. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> this is for legal purposes. This is a joke. I must kill the president. <coughs> you fucking must stop communism (laughs) (laughs) oh man i would be the worst sleeper agent imagine my squishy little self trying to carry out a mission absolutely not i would like i wouldn't make it to the parking (laughs) lot what the fuck are we even talking about (laughs) uh anyway here's here's wilsum undergang
a nice uh, six-minute post-metal kind of like chill, chill out instrumental track here. And interestingly, because um, it doesn't have any lyrics, but on Genius, um, the lyrics are listed as a quote um, from Friedrich Nietzsche. Nietzsche? Yeah, Nietzsche. Nietzsche. Um, parasitism is the only practice of the church with its ideal of anemia it's quote holiness draining all blood all love all hope for life the beyond as the will to negate every reality the cross as the mark of recognition for the most subterranean conspiracy that ever existed against health beauty whatever has turned out well courage spirit graciousness of the soul and against life itself what a quote for pride month what a quote you know, because, like, unfortunately, it is mostly the church is attacking us. And I swear oh, to God, yeah. these people are making Satanism look so cool. I'm considering being a sincere Satanist. <coughs> uh, Mom, I'm kidding. I'm not actually going to do that. But, like, they really make me want to. Yeah, just out of, like, oppositional defiance. Literally. Almost. Literally. I just want to be like, you know what? Fuck you guys. Praise Satan. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's that's fair. Like, uh, I don't know. But, I mean, they call they think we're Satanists anyway. Yeah, for existing. It's, so it's like I mean, I mean, yeah, they're they're getting so wild with it. Like, yeah, we were we were watching that uh, mega rap video about Target earlier, and there's literally like a line in there like Satan resides in these walls, wash it with the blood of Christ, and it's like, brother, you were fucking, you're talking about Target, the store. I know, like the store Target. It's where you buy like coasters and shit. I know. You know I just. Get, you know what? They can all go back to Dollar General where they belong. So, Bland, so, sad, popping up in the middle of a field. Just, you know, what? if you're homophobic, don't go to Walmart. Don't go yeah. to Target. Just sustain yourself yeah. on whatever bullshit they've got in the coolers yeah, there. Cool, go, cool. Go, go live like the fucking Unabomber in a shack in the middle of the woods. Please, God. Yeah, that would so, be so great. Go, go full Ted Kaczynski on it if you really want to be serious about this bullshit. Right. But uh, no, it reminded me, it, unrelated tangent here, but it reminded me of one of the insane tiktoks from these uh right-wing weirdos right. um mr mr benny johnson uh did a did a tiktok where he's like complaining about the pride stuff in target and part of his tiktok was demonstrating that like and look if you pan over here i can't remember the woman's name but target has uh some contract with like a very well-known like christian um like home designer yeah lady that, it's not like the magnolia couple it's not chip and joanna no, but it's like no. another one it's, it's that section like if you go into target you know exactly what i'm talking about it's that section of target that always has all of the like the beige like canvas stuff yeah. and it's all it's a lot of like like faux marble and cork and stuff like that yeah it's all just like ugly bullshit that's gonna end up in a landfill right and like some some of it looks kind of nice but it'll be like uh, octagonal like napkin holders and shit like that yeah exactly that that are like bronze but um the point like he's trying to make this point about like i don't even know what point he's trying to make about like how target is satanic but like i feel like he undermines it a lot by being like and look this christian lady stuff is over here and i'm like oh well then yeah, then literally. what are you fucking complaining about? No, like, my plan, <laughs> if I get approached in Target and somebody's like, excuse me, do you know where to find the straight pride? I'll be like, absolutely. And I will walk my happy ass over to that right. ugly ass decor section. Be like, yeah. here you go. You can worship Jesus with your money here because that's what all you people want to do, right? Yeah, it's just like another one of these, the like uh, fight for the family lady, I think was the focus one. on the family. Yeah, the focus on the family. Family focus lady. on the family. She, um, did, she did one of these TikToks where she's complaining about the various like clothing items for pride and one of them is literally like 
a black and black and white like dress yeah that has like newspaper clipping style like text all over it that just says very generic stuff like live your truth you know right like you know they don't want us to do that your story matters but it's like and she's like oh well but what about my story it's like bitch you can wear that yeah, yeah like there's nothing there the like, reason that was, they make it generic <laughs> is so bitches like you can wear it that was the funniest thing because it was it's black and white like there wasn't even any rainbows or anything right like, <laughs> like honestly, you're just conflating this dumb bullshit in your head i just wish from the bottom of my heart that they actually were as upset as they're pretending to be for clout yeah. um because like these motherfuckers eat so much red meat they would just stroke out instantaneously right. if they were actually that upset about it but they're all just fucking grifters just yeah. trying to get a like and trying to build a platform so they can it's, get on fox news it's so silly i don't i genuinely 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 do not understand how they expect anyone to like actually take this seriously right and like like, here's my thing if you've made it this far in the podcast and you're like well i don't like pride stuff at target and i what are you supposed to be proud of i want you to know from the absolute bottom of my soul you're trash you will always be trash you're never going to get any better jesus can't save you from the shitty person that you are and that's all my thoughts on that yeah yeah, I don't know how you uh, how you got past that first part, that first part of the episode, <laughs> <laughs> and, and you're still unsure of our position on pride. Yeah, but, um, <laughs> you know we're we're very queer friendly in this house. Yes, I'm, yes. I'm uh, you know, very much in Janet mode. Not a girl, not a robot, but not a girl. Yeah. So <laughs> we, we've been watching The Good Place lately. Yeah, <laughs> it's a good show. Controversial opinion. It's a good show. Well, that was that was a tangent. That was a tangent and a half. Let's let's move on to some heaven TV. Oh oh, re- real quick <laughs> because we got we got sidetracked there. I just want to say it's a good post metal song. Very not that far off from yes. something that you might hear from like My Bloody Valentine or like Godspeed You Black Emperor. Right, right. You know, just something, just something to kind of like a bit of a palate cleanser. It's like six minutes long. You know, you just. It, it's a great length to just kind of like really zone out to. Yep. But anyway, let's move on to Heaven TV, which is probably like it's a good song. I'm going to say that up front, but this is like the cringiest like song title. Yeah. That I think I've seen in a long time. It's it's very Weezer 1990. Very very r slash atheist Reddit mm-hmm. type mm-hmm. shit. Anyway, uh, here we go. There is no Yeah. 
said, we've been watching a lot of The Good Place. And um, honestly, this kind of description of heaven as like, you know, this white sphere where you just see like a projection screen for all your most secret dreams and you have to like do your like, quote, end of life review. That sounds like the bad place. Yeah, That is the bad place. You mean I have to watch myself kiss my piece of shit high school boyfriend that tried to sleep with literally every girl I was friends with and succeeded in about 60% of them. You know, he's a piece of shit. Uh, Justin's wife, you should divorce him. I'm just (laughs) just throwing it out there. If you can't trust him to be around women, period, when he's a photographer for like fashion stuff. Oh, no. Baby girl, no. Anyway, getting back to the good place versus the bad place. This sounds like torture. Yeah, for sure. I mean, really, what it sounds like to me is uh, I'm 14 and this is very deep. What would you see on Heaven TV? Yo, what if, like, what would be showing on, like, Netflix in Heaven? Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, and it's, I think he's referring to um, something my parents got like super into a couple years ago, um, like near death experiences and people yeah. that saw their like, quote, end of life reviews. Right. That's kind of what this is describing. And like. My parents thought that was such a cool thing. Like, isn't it going to be so cool? You'll be able to see your whole life back. I'm like, no, I didn't want to watch it the first time. What the fuck are you talking about? (laughs) I kind of, I also like the singer. I take comfort in the thought of one day I will just be nothing but like energy lost to the universe and I will not be conscious. That sounds delightful. Mm. Meanwhile, I uh, simply do not think about it. (laughs) I just try not to to think about it because... I, I find no comfort in, in any of the explanations of what happened at the time. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway. Uh, yeah. Oh, uh, like structurally and like musically one of the best tracks on the album. Even Definitely. If, even if I do think the lyrics are extremely corny. Yeah. Like, like this is one of the corniest, like. Like, I've made the joke a couple of times, but it is very much r slash atheism. It really is. Like, this is the most r slash atheist I think you can be in a metal song and not, like, and still be, like, palatable. Yeah, <laughs> you know? definitely. It's, like, the most cornball you can be. Yeah. And still be cool. If, if that riff wasn't so cool. Uh, We'd be in trouble. Yeah, yeah. We'd be the, having a different conversation. It would be, it would be much harder to, um, to not, like, focus on how bad the lyrics yeah. are. Yeah. <coughs> um but yeah we've only got one song left Ooh, and uh it is a very much an r slash atheism thing but a little bit more refined than our last yeah. track the almightiness contradiction let's get into it
ending in kind of a beautiful, like, sad ballad. Yeah. It really um, kind of circles back around to the first one, I mm-hmm. think. It really does. It's and kind the- of, we end up back, we go through, like, all the phases of, like, anger and, like, kind of being like, well, you ain't shit anyway if you exist, God. And right. now we're back to kind of sorrow, because it's like, well, yeah. if he does, he sucks. Yeah. <laughs> and just conceptually, like... Uh, uh, in terms of like album sequencing mm-hmm. you know I think it is very smart to have like the heavier of the two albums mm-hmm. you know this album is very heavy most of the way through mm-hmm. and then you just get this nice like you know kind of pretty mm-hmm. uh, uh, outro track yeah you know, I think it puts a really nice cap on the whole on the whole double album thing definitely in definitely. general a uh, very good closer mm-hmm. I would say um Kind of ties it all up with a neat little bow. Yeah. Um, the refrain at the end of the song is, there's no one here that knows it all. There's nothing here beyond the oh. world we know. There's no one here who knows it all. Is there something that remi- there beyond the world we know? That reminds me, I did want to play that outro because it's so good. Yes, forget- yes. Uh, thank you for bringing that up because I forgot about this outro. Yeah, I love the way this album ends. that's it that's how the album ends yeah very like especially you know if you put yourself in the shoes of like just sitting and like listening to this album all the Mm -hmm. way through that is such a like satisfying ending to the album just this you know these uh beautiful like vocal layers there's a little bit of background vocal in Mm -hmm. there and just how like slowly all of the instrumentation just fades away and it's just his voice yeah singing singing this like you know nice refrain it's very nice it's a very very good outro definitely (coughs) and uh that i believe that does it yeah for um the ocean heliocentric and anthropocentric what are your overall thoughts uh my overall thoughts are i prefer heliocentric over this one but Mm -hmm. this still has a lot of like especially going back and listening to it like the heaviness of this album obviously Mm. appeals to me right in a way um i just think maybe like the hooks aren't quite as catchy as the first one yeah uh there's not as many like moments that are like wow i've never heard anything like that before you know what i mean but it's still hard for me to say like oh any of these tracks are like bad yeah like my least favorite is heaven tv but i don't hate it my absolute favorite is um grand inquisitor one karamazov baseness same uh i I love that i love i love a good high on fire riff Right. I also just like, I love, that's where the first time we get the line, you were trying to save me, but perhaps yeah. I am not lost. Mm-hmm. Which is a common, common theme mm-hmm. throughout mm-hmm. the record. Yep. Uh, I like, 
we didn't leave too hard in the edge lordiness. There's a couple like no. we, there's a, a toe dip perhaps into that r slash atheism kind of fervor. But like both of these albums are kind of like almost like a mourning. Yeah, you know, like mourning the loss of the comfort that is believing that someone out there has control of everything. And it's the like cold realization we are just sitting on a rock in space and we are truly alone. Yeah, you and know. I, and I think I think if you're doing an album, a double album, even that is specifically uh critiquing uh christianity Mm -hmm. and specifically critiquing christianity from a like philosophical standpoint Mm -hmm. i think it's pretty impossible to avoid Mm -hmm. the like r slash atheism comparisons yeah well because like they may be dumb they may be rude but they got some good points here and there yeah like like a lot of communities on reddit right right (laughs) but um yeah we like i said at the beginning we didn't really have any negative reviews nope uh i don't yeah, uh, let's see here. So I've got this one review from ha- Angry Metal Guy. And, like, I, I, it's not, like, funny enough to read, I don't think. Yeah. Because the guy says up top, you know, I got to say up front, I'm not a big fan of sludge. I mean, you should be forewarned of this. When I first heard the ocean's controversial and apparently much hated opus heliocentric, I was very happy about it. Uh, it was way more shoegaze or post-hardcore than it was sludge or anything coming near to it. Short on hardcore and tall on clean vocals. I was impressed. I gave it a 4.5 out of 5, and I stand by that in spite of the incessant whining from jilted fans. So I was pretty interested to take a listen to the follow-up, and my worst fears were confirmed. They pulled an Opeth. Soft record, heavy record. Black. Anyone else ever notice that this never works? <laughs> I thought it worked. I thought it worked. Also, out. I think Opeth does that very well. Yeah, yeah. He's <laughs> talking about um, the Opeth double album, Damnation and Deliverance. Gotcha. Which kind of, which to me, like it kind of does the same thing. You know, like he said, there's a soft album and a heavy album. Right. But I think the ocean here, it's not. There isn't that big of a difference. Yeah. Between the two of them. Yeah. Like, this one is a little heavier. There's a little bit more, like, growls and screamed vocals and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. it's not a huge night and day comparison like the open. No, records. they definitely go together. They're, like, yeah. two halves of a whole. Um, yeah, that's basically it. Yeah, so let's let's plug some socials. Always be plugging. Um, Once again, you can follow me at Amanda Moonchild on TikTok, Twitter. Um, That's my professional hair Instagram. I will be posting um, what it's like to exist in metal spaces as a queer, neurodivergent, disabled person um, on my TikTok. And you can also follow me on my personal Instagram at Spicy Pisces Crises. You can find us on Twitter at MBF Records Pod, right? Yes, MBF Records Pod. Do I know? Oh yeah, Twitter and Instagram at MBF Records Pod. Yep. Um, I'm posting the the photos of vinyl and stuff on yes. the Instagram. Yes. <coughs> you can follow me on Twitter at Frequency Shifts. Yep. And I think that's all we got. Yeah. Other than we got a shuffle. Oh my god! Yeah, we didn't get to shuffle last time. No. Let's do it. Shuffle, shuffle, oh, shuffle. What shit. did we get? We are doing Option Paralysis by the Dillinger Escape Plan. Oh boy. Let's go. <laughs> it's, this, it's Dillinger time, folks. This, this episode is specifically for our friend Hunter. Yeah. <laughs> Shit, uh, we should see if he's in town. Maybe he could be on the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we will see y'all next week for see some you Dillinger. Next week. Bye. Bye.